1941, Joe DiMaggio got a base hit in his 41st consecutive game. DiMaggio had passed George Sisler's record for consecutive games with a base hit. Sisler set his record in 1922. 1947 Radio's show with a heart made its debut. Strike It Rich became a favorite on CBS Radio. Todd Russell was the original host and Warren Hull took over years later. And 1983, Mark the Bird Fidrich, the pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, retired from baseball after several unsuccessful attempts to return to the major leagues. Now, Fidrich had his greatest year as a rookie in 1976. He had a record of 19-9 and and a 2.34 ERA. Fidrich was probably best known. He was a crowd pleaser. He would talk to the baseball before pitching and quickly got the nickname Mark the Bird Fidrich and became a real favorite of baseball fans all over. It was a kind of a sad day when he retired in 1983. That's a look at Today in History along with Mike Martini. He's not Mike the Bird Martini, is he? No. I'm George Zahn for WMKV. I'm the Albatross, I think. Oh, George. Thank you. In traffic right now, we have an accident South 71, also known as West Fort Washington Way, just outside the Lytle Tunnel. The lanes are open again. That's good news. They have moved it over to the right shoulder, but traffic's still slow in that area. Also, we have an accident in Kentucky, Kentucky 18 at Kentucky 237, also known as North Bend Road. We have uh, backups North 75 at Hopple and again at Glendale Milford, South 75 approaching the Brent Spence Bridge over on 71, uh, heading south into the tunnel, obviously, because of that accident. And North 71, some backups off and on between the lateral all the way up through Pfeiffer. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, some backups around 275 westbound at Mosteller. Your weather forecast this evening, clear skies for the most part. Another nice evening, a low of 58 degrees. Tomorrow, day like today, maybe a little warmer. Tomorrow, sunny skies with a high of 87. On Friday, partly cloudy with a high of 88. And then a slight chance of rain Saturday and Sunday with highs uh, getting into the lower 90s. It's 83 right now. Here at 89.3 WMKV. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859-292-7342. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for all things real estate, the latest news, tips, techniques, advice, important guests from all over the United States, and much, much more. If you are 
listening to us via our podcast on iTunes, remember that we are, in fact, a live radio show, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Wednesday on WMKV-FM in Cincinnati. You can also listen online during the show, which is uh, how you get to ask questions, in case you were wondering about that. You can listen at wmkvfm.org. You can also get a weekly reminder of the upcoming program by going to askvina.com, clicking the button that says receive Vina's free e-letter and uh, filling out the response form there. Every week we will email you an announcement of the upcoming show along with an article and uh, other news and information about what's going on in the real estate world. So go to askvina.com. That's also the place where you can ask questions throughout the week or during the program. Uh, there's a, another little button there that says, Ask Vina a Question. And if you'll send that in, we will answer it on the radio either immediately, if it happens during a program, or uh, during a question and answer week, which usually, although obviously not this month happens on the last Wednesday of the month. You can also give us a call anytime during the program with questions at 513-841-9898 in the Cincinnati area or 877-772-9658 outside the greater Cincinnati area. Our topic today is how to manage rental properties without losing your mind. And my guest today is Missy McCall Hammonds from Bed and Breakfast Property in Butler County, Ohio. She's been in real estate for 13 years, currently owns and or manages 350 rental properties where most of us can barely handle 3.5. And we're going to talk today about systems for your rental business, E-Myth type systems that Missy has instituted to allow her to uh, manage all these properties and of course all these tenants. It's not generally the property itself that is a a management challenge. Uh, Welcome to Real Life Real Estate, Missy. Thanks, Vina. I'm happy to be here and looking forward to sharing some great ideas about property management with you today. Yeah, because um, a lot of people in the property management business, as with people in any business, um, think about it from the perspective of how do I do better? I'm not collecting enough of my rents. How do I personally become better friends with my tenants or become harsher with them or whatever, whatever it is that in their minds would work for them to do? And where you differ from a lot of real estate investors is that uh, you don't do anything. Absolutely. I try to manage the tenants with as little contact as possible from us personally, because with 350 tenants, it would be a little challenging to have a personal relationship. We run it as a business, which means uh, we do manage the property and its contents. Its contents is the tenants. And we teach them that they have to behave and act in a certain way. And we start that process in the application process, which means we're teaching them from the moment they have first contact with us what our expectations are. Uh, Dr. Phil says you teach people how to treat you, and we teach our tenants how to treat us, and we give them certain behaviors that we want and expect from them. 
Now, before we dive into uh, what some of these systems are and how you set them up and who runs them and so on, perhaps we might talk about what a system is. Well, a system is a consistent approach to doing the same thing over and over again exactly the same way. And that's very important in real estate when you're selecting tenants because there's fair housing rules. And if you violate those, you go to what I call fair housing jail or court, and there's severe consequences. And not always are those um, violations clear. Sometimes they're counterintuitive. So you really have to be consistent in your approach so that you're staying within all those guidelines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and generally when we're talking about systems uh, from from uh, like an e-myth perspective, there's a, there's a book out there that lots of people have read called The E-Myth Revisited uh, by Michael Gerber that uh, he kind of defined systems in the sense that we're using them. And one of the things about them is they're in writing. Yes, they are. (laughs) Not in your head. They're in writing. And the best part of them is you should be able to hand them to anyone, including uh, your staff or family member, and then have them take over the assignment or duty that you need done. So they're step-by-step instructions. And we use a lot of pictures in ours because you know, not everyone is extremely computer literate. So if you have the print screen function up on your computer, you can make systems with pictures in them that allow someone to do step-by-step processes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, let's um, talk about some specific systems that have really eased your life because some, some of your systems are, are systems that everyone has, although they're usually in someone's head, like how do I screen tenants? I mean, most people have something that they do to screen tenants, but it's not, you know, written down and done the same way every time and done with a checklist so that if you're ever accused of discriminating against someone, you can show the checklist and say, nope, see, everybody gets treated exactly the same way. Uh, but some, some, of, some of these systems that you use are, are pretty unique uh, to your business. And actually, I'm wondering if before we dive into those, we might want to take a quick break and uh, give people another chance to contact us with any questions you have about landlording, 841-98. Nope, you're right. I'm looking at the seat. There's... I know. It's like I've been I've been doing this here for several years now, and I, I still have to see the sheet. And if I read the wrong sheet, I'm just going to read it like it was right. Isn't that weird? 772-9658 in the greater Cincinnati area. If you're listening outside the greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658, or send us an email by going to askvina.com. Support comes from UC Health Audiology and Hearing Aids. Are you or a loved one struggling to understand conversation in noisy places or frequently asking others to repeat themselves? These are signs of hearing loss, a condition that can easily be treated. The physicians and audiologists of UC Health can give you an accurate hearing evaluation and diagnosis. More information available at 475-8453 today to schedule a hearing evaluation or at UC Physicians. WMKV is proud of our vocal supporters. We hope that you'll share WMKV with a friend. It only takes a second, and it makes a big difference. Please tell a friend about WMKV FM 89.3 and about our worldwide streaming audio at WMKVFM.org. And we'll check on traffic right now. We have an accident eastbound 275 at Reed Hartman. It's on the right shoulder. 
and also an accident eastern at Stanley. That accident outside the Lytle Tunnel has been moved out, so that's good. But we do have a disable now on North 71, north of Ridge, right smack dab in the middle lane. Also, slowdowns both directions, east and west, 275's ramp to northbound 75. That's in the Tri-County area. And we have uh, some pretty heavy backups out of downtown North 75 between Harrison and Paddock off and on. So uh, slow out of downtown today, slower than usual. Your weather forecast this evening, clear skies, low of 58. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 88 degrees. It's 83 degrees right now here at 89.3 WMKV. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Missy McCall-Hammonds from Bed and Breakfast Properties, a company that operates out of the Butler County, Ohio area, buying properties, renovating them, selling them as turnkey rentals, selling them retail, holding them for rental, uh, pretty much the whole nine yards. So she is a busy, busy gal. One of the things she's really not busy doing is managing tenants because she has, for that purpose, tons of time-saving, liability-saving systems that uh, we're going to be talking about today. And uh, Missy, let's start out with the system that some of our listeners are already going to be familiar with because uh, you wrote a nice article on this one, which was sent out as part of the the e-letter this week. And that is uh, your lockbox showing system because this has got to be by far the most controversial thing <laughs> that you do. Can you can you explain it and explain why you do it? One of the most exciting things about being a landlord when you have a property that's available is talking to all of the people on the phone and listening to their life stories and why they would like to rent your property. And then you schedule an appointment for them to actually see the inside. And what we found when we were small landlords with about 40 properties that people would want to come and see our properties, but sometimes they didn't show up. So I'm an education junkie, as you know, and I would go to seminars and someone would say, well, if you have them call you before you go, or if you give them your phone number, or if you make them tell them tell you what kind of car they have, that all of those things would increase the chances of the person actually showing up. And what I found was I was spending my life on a street corner waiting for someone to come and see my house, and only about 40% of the time did they actually show up. And I learned at another seminar that there was a better system, there was a better answer to that. And this gentleman said you use a lockbox and just give someone the combination, which your first and immediate thought is no, especially if you have uh, properties in war zones where you think they'll move in and start squatting on your property, or in the very nice neighborhoods where you think they'll steal your carpet or something. And uh, what I found was we created a a lockbox system that um, allowed us to schedule with the tenant a specific time for them to see our property. We let them go inside and look around because I found that pointing out that the bedroom was a bedroom really wasn't a good sales process. Most people could already recognize that. And um, by taking their information and scheduling a specific time, we would give them the lockbox code of the day that would allow them to go inside and see our property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, as as you already embedded in there, because you knew, I'm surprised the phones haven't lit, lit up already, the, the big fear that people have about this is, 
but I've got a refrigerator and a stove and I've got plumbing in my house and I'm going to give my lockbox number to someone and they're going to come in and steal the things. Well, there's a couple of answers to that. One, um, we have copper and um, copper stolen from our properties on a regular basis because we have so many and copper thefts are completely out of control everywhere across the U.S. And um, But what I found is even with the lockbox on the front door and a sign with our phone number in the yard, uh, they don't call us first and get the combination. They go to the back door, they kick it in, they break the window, they kick in the basement window, and they still steal the copper. I'd love to give them the combination to have them if they're going to steal it because that would be one less thing that they haven't broke. So, you know, thieves aren't necessarily the most clever people out there, so they're not always calling to get the combination from us. Mm-hmm. Um I also think thieves are, are traditionally lazy. Um, since I've been in business, I have lost one refrigerator door. Um, they didn't. They were too lazy to take the whole refrigerator to the scrapyard. They just took the door, and that's with a portfolio of 350 properties over 10 years that we've been using the system. So uh, statistics say that, no, it's really not a problem. But what it does is not waste your time because how long does it take you to drive, you know, 10 miles down the road to show your house, wait there for 30 minutes for them to show up because they're never on time, show them the kitchen and bathroom, and then leave. And not the first person that looks at your property doesn't always take it. Um, So what we've done is we've eliminated two or three staffing positions because it would take two or three full-time people to show our properties by just using the lockbox system. Mm -hmm. Now, this is actually, this lockbox system is actually an interesting case study in the building of a system because when the problem was, I don't want to be standing out on the porch and watch people not show up (laughs) for hours on end. The solution was how do we let them let them let themselves in and then you started discovering things about the system and I think that 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 business of we're going to have them call we're going to tell them the lockbox will only be this combination for this 30 minutes so you better get over there at that time is a really good solution but then you discovered that the typical lockboxes that we see that are combination style like like a like a gym locker where you go to a letter and then you go past the letter once to the right and then you come back to the other letter, uh, that tenants have a difficult time. Let me see, civilians, non, non-realtors, non-investors have a difficult time opening those. So that, that you know, boom, now you got another problem. you got people calling you from the front porch saying, this thing won't open, and you're trying to walk them through it. Uh, and you solved that one how? I solved it by finding a lockbox that was simple enough for just about anyone to use. And that was a master lock, and it has a dial with numbers on it or letters. And um, we gave them the four specific numbers, and the side of the box, uh, or the the front of the box opens up and the keys inside, which makes it a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the ones that instead of you dialing a dial, there's four different little anyone out there who's an investor has seen these there's four different little numbers lined up so so that that problem solved <laughs> and then we 
We also discovered that um, there's an unwritten rule among tenants that if you take all of the applications, because we leave blank applications on the kitchen counter in every property, um, that there's an unwritten rule among tenants that if you take all the applications, then no one else can apply, so you're going to get the property. <laughs> so another step that we added to our system is that when we deliver the applications when preparing the properties, we also put four in the kitchen cabinet. So when someone calls us from the property, they have the ability to then say, oh, no, there's extras there. Look in the kitchen cabinet on the left-hand side because that's where we always put them. Mm-hmm. So for the effort of going through building the system, and I, I know this thing, uh, as I recall, took uh, probably a year and a half to really get to the point where it is right now with changes in writing every time something's changed. But for the for the effort of, of going through that and spending, I don't know, maybe 10 hours on the system itself – you have 330 units you don't have to show when they go vacant. Absolutely, and that is a monumental money savings in addition to stress and just aggravation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's just one example, ladies and gentlemen, of the kind of uh, systems that Missy has set up in her business. If you'd like to ask questions about uh, any problems that you are having in your landlording business that you think maybe a system would help you overcome, seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. If you're listening outside the Greater Cincinnati area, you can also send us an email by going to askvina.com and. Clicking the, um, clicking the button that says uh, "Ask Vini a question." You come here uh, via mail. Remember, please, to write down where you are writing from because that sometimes does make a difference. And um, uh, Missy, I think one of the one of the things, one of the reactions that I've seen to this this uh, talking about systems to newer investors is they say that is awesome. I only have two properties, so I don't need a system. But as soon as I get 100, I am definitely going to put some systems in writing. Well, you you went from two to 100 in about two and a half years. So what would you say to those people? Start writing now (laughs) while you have two properties. And it's simple because one of the things that I found out when I woke up one day and discovered gee, I can't do it all myself. I need to hire someone. Well, I didn't have time to hire someone because I was so busy doing everything. I didn't have time to train anyone. So by the time you realize you need systems, it's usually too late. You need to start writing the systems now while you're not busy so that, gee, what happens if suddenly you were incapacitated and not able to do it? You know, if there's a system there, then a family member or friend could pick up the system and carry on, and your business would stay intact whether you're there or not, which was my, after I got past the point of needing systems to hire from, that was my next reason for systems. It's there's a day that I want to retire, and when I do, I want to make sure that someone is there to do things as I want them done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so filling vacancies, that's always a very big concern of any landlord. And uh, your lockbox system does not help you fill vacancies per se, but it does give you more time to work on, oh, I don't know, acquiring more properties, uh, screening the tenants who do come in, just not, just not tearing your hair out uh, from standing on that porch all night long waiting for something to happen. Let's talk about what happens when... 
I've, I've shown myself the unit. I'm a tenant, a potential tenant. I've shown myself the unit. I've taken the application, either off the counter or off the drawer if someone's stolen them all off the counter. And now I fill it out and I send it back to you. Uh, what system takes over at that point? At that point, we have the tenant screening system. And that starts with a checklist that goes on the outside of the application. The good news is we have our, we receive our applications one of two ways. One, by email um, or through our web-based system, or two, through the fax. Both of those are time-stamped, so we identify the exact time that we receive the application. And if you go there to a property and the tenant hands it to you, then you really don't have a good system for documenting the time that you've received the application, which is important because Fair Housing does teach us that we accept the first acceptable application. So we start with the timestamp and identifying that on our check sheet. And then we have a system of um, areas that we check the tenant's application to make sure everything that they have told us is absolutely true. And I can tell you, most of the time it's not. <laughs> most of the time they forgot something very important to tell us. Um, and many people aren't proud of the things that they've done when they were younger or when they weren't as smart. But we like them to disclose those things on their application. So we look, we do a number of things, uh, background checks uh, locally, countywide, and statewide, in addition to sex offender checks. Now, all of that sounds like what you would do normally anyhow, but when you have a new staff member that starts at your business, you need to give them a checklist to make sure they never forget one single solitary part of that process. So that's where the checklist comes in. Mm -hmm. The next thing we do is check the court indexes to make sure that who they say their landlord is is actually the person that's on public record. Because sometimes they'll give you the name and phone number to a family member that is so happy to tell you about what a wonderful tenant they are. And um, when their real landlord isn't quite as happy and may have already filed an eviction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So although this stuff takes over more or less automatically, and as you mentioned, at some point, if, uh, if someone's real estate business grows big enough, they're going to want to hire someone else to, to do things like what you just said, because it doesn't require a real estate license to look on a website and see if someone is a, is a sex offender. It does not require years of experience in real estate to look on a website and see if they've ever been evicted. So having the systems, again, in writing, can't say that often enough, uh, allows someone else to step in and do that job. And it, it's, it's, it's funny that we're talking about uh, rental systems today because uh, I'm working with a coaching student who is renting her very first property. She does, she's never owned a rental property before. And oh my gosh, the que question after question after question after question that you and I just, well, okay, the way you do that is you go to this company and you order a credit report. Yeah, you know, they, they just, they, 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 someone new stepping into this is going to be so confused by what is natural to you unless you have it written down and in the form of checklists. And as you said, again, this is also liability protection. Everyone's always worried about being sued. One of the major areas of legal liability for landlords is fair housing law. And when you have systems in place in writing and everything's documented, we rejected this person because they lied about who their landlord was. We rejected this person because they didn't make enough money to pay the rent. Uh, it's, it's much easier to fend off a suit from someone saying, oh no, you rejected me because I have six kids. So we're gonna take another quick break 
And then take your questions at 772-9658, or via askvina.com. Support comes from St. Vincent de Paul. In today's difficult economy, local families who have never had to ask for help are now in desperate need of assistance. By donating your unneeded car or truck to St. Vincent de Paul, you can ensure that a local family gets help with the basics to survive. You also can donate furniture and household items. All donations receive a receipt for tax purposes. For a free pickup, call St. Vincent de Paul, 513-421-CARE. That's 513-421-2273. And we check on traffic now. We have a disabled still causing some problems northbound 71 north of Ridge. It's no longer in the center lane, however. It's over on the right shoulder, so that's good. Still have some accidents on uh, eastern at Stanley and eastbound 275 at Reed Hartman. And to add to that, a few new ones, eastbound uh, Reagan Highway just before the Kenwood Road exit. No lane given, but reported with injury. So that's eastbound Reagan at Kenwood and 71 in that area, an accident. Accident North 71 north of Victory Parkway, and then on Kentucky 18 at Hopeful Church Road, an accident. And, of course, delays in the usual spots, including South 75 heading toward the Brent Spence Bridge. Forecast tonight, clear skies, low of 58. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 87 degrees. And then we warm up into the 90s this weekend. But uh, right now, very comfortable, 83 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support comes from Live Nation, presenting Josh Groban, Straight to You World Tour at the U.S. Bank Arena on Friday, July 15th at 8 p.m. Tickets for Josh Groban are now available at the U.S. Bank Arena box office and at LiveNation.com or Ticketmaster.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. We're talking today about landlording systems with Missy McCall-Hammonds, who, by the way, is teaching an all-day class on this topic for Cincinnati RIA on July the 30th. You can get more information about that class, which is open to all at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-R-E-I-A.com. Um, so... Missy, we've been sort of talking about the the tenant screening systems, the how do we get them in, how do we get them, how do we make sure they are who they say we are, Uh, and then we're going to skip over some because I know there's also a system for lease signings because your lease includes every single solitary thing that you could ever want, including agreements for uh, refilling the oil tank in houses with oil furnaces and, uh, you know, septic agreements for the houses with the septic systems and um, there's a system so that someone can sit down and sort through what needs to be in any particular lease or not and then we get to the point where we have to actually collect rents so filling vacancies big deal for the landlords next biggest thing I would say getting my rents getting them on time or if I can't get them on time getting them with the late fees what systems do you have for that You know, it's amazing that 99% of the landlords out there have this thought that rent your house is the most important part of your life and you should pay your rent no matter what and you should probably pay it first, but we don't do anything to remind you. 
most landlords don't send their tenants a bill. And I learned that the credit card companies are very good at sending bills and sending information in their bills that help you be effective in collecting your money. So our system is that we send our tenants a bill on the 24th of every month, and we include in that what is owed to us if they forgot to pay last month anything that's left over, or if they were late last month, the additional late fee. And I can tell you that asking for late fees in the beginning of my real estate career was something that I couldn't do. You know, when they were late with their rent because Fluff Fluff had to go to the vet, then I felt guilty asking for the next $50 because that could be Fluff Fluff's food that we were taking away from the dog or the cat. So what I discovered was when the computer did it, I didn't have to ask for it. So our system for billing is that on the 24th of the month, the tenant receives a bill. They also receive any late fees or outstanding fees that are due and owing to us. And they mail us their rent check. Notice we don't collect it. They mail it to us at our at our office, which happens to be at a UPS store that has regular business hours. Because we also found that if tenants come to our office, they want to tell us, again, more about their life history. That's very important, but it also takes a lot of time. And the way that we keep our prices low and our uh, margins manageable is we keep our costs as low as possible, which means we have as little staffing time as we can. Mm-hmm. And the, this this uh, this habit of, of invoicing the tenants, uh, first of all, it does something else for you as well, which is, um, I don't know how many times I've had the thought, you know, I should remind the furn- the tenants that they need to change their furnace filters. I should remind the tenants that it's their responsibility to rake the leaves. I should remind the tenants and then, you know, picking up the phone and calling a bunch of people just, it never happens, right? So this is a a monthly opportunity as well to insert other important things that they need to know into the mail. We absolutely take advantage of that. And on the back side of our bill, we put out a newsletter every month that reminds tenants, you know, this is summer, watch out for kids. And as you're walking, watching out for children because they're out of school, you need to remember to change your furnace filter because although you're not using your furnace as a heater, you're using it as an air conditioner and you have to change the filter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's one, you know, one other just little, these systems, these systems, uh, I just work on a lot of levels, but uh, the other piece is I'm I'm sure that there's still folks. I mean, they're listening to us. They heard what you just said, and yet they're still thinking, "Oh, well, I mean, you know, everybody knows their rents due on the first of the month. This is extra effort for me." Uh, I would like to promise you, listeners, that if you will do this, you will collect more of your rents. <laughs> you will collect more of them on time, because listeners, do you know someone who pays whatever bill? is screaming the loudest do you know someone who misses their car payment for two months in a row because the credit card company is actually calling them instead of just sending them a bill and you say well it's your car's a lot more important than your credit card and they say oh i had to pay it they were calling me part of what this is it makes you that person it makes you somebody who's in in with the rest of the bill saying pay me pay me pay me so it will in fact increase your rent collections whether you have one property or whether you have hundreds of properties. Now, one of the annoying things about being a landlord, I won't call them annoying, I will call them, um, it's a challenging part of doing the business, has to do with maintenance and maintenance calls. And 
I once did a a year-long little mini-survey of all the people who were applying to move into my units and asking them what why they were moving and also what the number one complaint they had about their about landlords in general was and number one with a bullet 70 plus percent number one complaint was they won't fix anything they don't they don't return my calls they they whatever now in some cases that's people who don't fix things but in some cases it's for people without a system who they get the call and then you know how it is you mean to call back and then you get busy tonight and then tomorrow you forget about it and then tomorrow night you call but they're not home and 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 that becomes in the tenant's mind a reason to move now there are some tenants we wouldn't mind moving but there are there are many who are paying their rent on time that we'd like to keep um maintenance systems we have a maintenance system and the one that you're talking about is the work order system and we allow our tenants to send us work orders a number of ways. Again, telephones take a lot of time, so we have an anytime line where if it's not an emergency, they can leave us a message about the maintenance issue that they'd like to have addressed. The second area now that we're um, getting a little more progressive is that we have an email spot on our website where they can send us things that they'd like to have fixed. And then the third way is just to call in and let us know that there's something that needs to be repaired. Once they make that phone call at our office, we enter it into our work order system, which notifies the property owner and the four lead managers, in addition to the property manager, the maintenance issue that's pending. The property manager is responsible to send someone to repair it within specific time periods based on how it's graded as far as urgency. But it also, by sending everyone an email, keeps people informed and for our our partners or people that we manage for, when they get that email, they then can expect information coming in next month's bills that are going to be taking care of that work order issue. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, (laughs) the... I just got a, an email from someone who thinks they're listening to a podcast. Jennifer, we're actually live right now. This is, it's, it's so funny that that uh, with all the with all the web classes that are out there and all the all the quote radio shows, which are really just podcasts, people get very confused about what real life real estate is. And uh, yeah, we're we're actually live on the air right now, Jennifer. See, I'm saying your name, Jennifer, Jennifer from Alpharetta, Georgia. We're we're right here. Um, the uh, I'm sorry, I just I got so tickled I, I distracted myself. Um, one of the things, though, th- about, and I, and I suppose this is, again, working with any customer, tenants just happen to be a, a kind of customer, is getting them to know that this is your system. I mean, you know which, you know your system is. Go on our website, fill this out, or call this number, or send us a fax, or whatever the case may be, and yet you've got to still have tenants who are saying, well, I didn't know to do that. I moved because you wouldn't fix this because I never called you and I didn't know to do that. How, how do you keep your, your, your customers informed of what your systems are when necessary? Well, we started the application process and the lease signing and we give them a notification at the lease signing how to contact us if there is an issue. Uh, in addition to that, when the tenant moves into the property, in their handwriting, in their words, they describe the condition of the property based on about a three-page checklist that they respond for us. And then we explain from that point that anything that's 
needs to be repaired, that we will w- issue a work order. And this is how the work order system works. Um, based on its priority is when it will be repaired. After it's repaired, they'll receive a call from our customer service department to make sure that we have fixed it in a manner that's suitable to them. Because what we found is sometimes tenants are trained not to call you with a problem. And sometimes that's worse than the tenant that calls every day because when they have a problem that's going to damage your property, they don't call. So we let them know at the lease signing what their responsibilities are, when they're supposed to call us, um, when a repair is supposed to be done, and then we follow up with them with a phone call. And if we're not able to reach them by phone with a postcard, letting them know that we want to make sure that they're happy with the results of the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, and I have to apologize to Jennifer because she actually is, as it turns out, listening to a podcast, but it's the one from April of last year that you were on and she's <laughs> listening. She's also listening live. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like Missy in both ears. Uh, okay. So numbers contact us with any questions about Missy or her systems, 772-9658-877. Seven seven two nine six five eight. You can also send us an email by going to uh, uh, dot com. There's a there's a button there that will uh, pull up a question form, and you fill that out, and you you send it over, and we're good. Uh, we have a question here from Fred, who is in. He doesn't say where. Fred it says right there from. And he, Fill in a city and state. Uh, He says, the one thing I have not heard Missy say about evaluating tenants is whether or not she runs a credit check. If if not, why not? And if so, where do you get one? Well, this is where you and I differ. I do not run a credit check. Um, What I found is credit checks are important when a tenant has left us and owe us money. So we always have them sign an authorization to release information that will allow us to run a credit check in the future. But today we don't run one. What we found is most tenants, um, with as many foreclosures as as there's been, many tenants have poor credit. and we found that that's not always a good indicator. What's our, what we found are the best indicators is, have you been evicted? What does your last two landlords say about you? And have you been responsible as far as, do you have a checking account? Do you have utilities in your name? Uh, all of those are also credit issues that um, will answer the question of, are you responsible and credit worthy? Because many times um, their credit is dinged either from a foreclosure or medical bills, which really isn't going to tell you whether they're responsible or not. Mm -hmm. In the future, if the tenant fails and, you know, in spite of all of your best checking on them, uh, tenants do fail, we use the credit report to run after they've been away from us anywhere from 90 days to six months because that's where their new job will typically show up and their new billing address or their new mailing address will show up. And that allows us to garnish their wages or um, sweep their checking account or find a way to collect money from them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, apparently your tenant screening system has gotten a lot of... Uh attention here because we also have a um, an email here from Kristen from LA wondering about the sex offender check. 
She says, first of all, is there a, need, a national source where I can check for sex offenders? Secondly, given that the way they are categorized is not clear as to exactly what they did, do you have, do you do any further research before deciding whether or not to rent to them, or is it an automatic no if they are on the sex offender list? And to, to explain that, I don't know how it is in L.A., but in my county, it just says, there's, there's a site you go to, and there, I think there's exist in most places you can address that, but there's a, it doesn't say he did such and so to so and so. It just says he's a registered sex offender, uh, which as it turns out can be anything from the 19 year old boy with a 17 year old girlfriend to a full out child molester or something. Uh, actually, there are in, I believe, all states either offenders or predators. And offenders can be, I exposed myself while urinating off the bridge when I had drank too much one night to um, I'm the 19-year-old that has the 17-year-old girlfriend. Uh, The predator is actually someone that has committed a physical crime, and they are usually divided into those categories. Mm -hmm. Also, um, with the act that enforces and manages all of these people, uh, they have an officer, a sworn officer is what they're called, that they must report to on a regular basis. And with your authorization to release information, the sworn officer will actually give you the details. Most sex offenders don't disclose on the front end that they are a sex offender, and that eliminates them from our system. If they disclose that they're a sex offender and they haven't been a violent offender, um, then we'll consider them, although most of the time it's an automatic no. Very good. Uh, We need to take a quick break, uh, after which you need to get in here with your questions, listeners, because we only got about uh, 10 minutes left in the show. 772-9658-877-772-9658 or askmina.com. Support comes from Last Call Trivia, a live team event designed for trivia lovers of all ages. Local teams compete at local establishments for high scores and bar tabs, leading up to the league finals and major prizes. Last Call Trivia covers the Midwest and is featured as a no-obligation attraction at more than 60 local restaurants and bars. Last Call Trivia invites you to assemble your team of trivia smarty pants to visit a trivia show tonight. Locations near you and team and league details are available at lastcallusa.com. Checking on traffic, some new accidents including East 275, East of 75, an accident South 75, South of Lockland on the left shoulder, an accident Grandin at Madison, Kentucky 18 at Hopeful Church, North 71, North of Victory Parkway on the right shoulder. Still have an accident, uh, no lane given on eastbound Reagan uh, between Kenwood and 71. East 275 at Reed Hartman, an accident on the right shoulder in Eastern and Stanley. Among the backups, heavier than usual, West 275 at Winton through Colerain and East 275, Mosteller towards Corner. Clear skies tonight, low of 58, tomorrow sunny with a high of 88. On Friday, sunny, a high around 90. And on Saturday and Sunday, a slight chance of rain and highs in the lower 90s. It's 83 right now. Welcome back to... Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Missy McCall-Hammonds of Bed and Breakfast Properties. And we're talking about landlording systems that will make your life easier as a landlord of a few properties or as in Missy's case, more than 350 properties. We're taking your questions for another few minutes at askvina.com. 
or by calling 772-9658 inside the greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658 if you're listening outside the greater Cincinnati area. I have a question here from Dave Jason in La Jolla, California. I just learned how to pronounce that. So I'm glad he wrote La Jolla, California. Uh, He says, as my wife will be happy to tell you, I am way too easy on tenants who are not paying their rent. I allow them to get later and later each month, and then I have a very difficult time psychologically evicting them. Is there anything that a system can do to help me get over this and actually get paid? Absolutely. We go back to the you teach people how to treat you. Rents due on the 1st, late on the 5th, eviction notice on the 6th every single month. Unless your state law calls for different. Okay, that's true. (laughs) Uh, And in California, I'm sure that that is true. Or what your lease says. Our lease says rents due on the 1st, late on the 5th. We deliver an eviction notice 100% of the time on the 6th. And what that does, especially with a new tenant, is it teaches them that you're serious about collecting your rent and collecting it on time. You'll find that when somebody gets done unloading all of those boxes for moving and the first month after they've moved in, they're late and they receive an eviction notice, they call frightened that they're gonna have to move again. And they don't wanna move again, they wanna know how to resolve the problem. So immediately you've corrected their behavior. The other thing that we always do is our companies, our houses are held in a company. So there is never a owner that talks to the tenant. There's always a manager or someone that works for the company. And what that does for you is when someone asks you a question that you may want to be sympathetic, but you know your wife's going to be mad at you, you can simply let them know that you're going to have to talk to your manager also known as your wife, (laughs) and see what she says. And it gives you time to step back and make good decisions. But you, you need to separate yourself from your rental property because it is not you. You are running a business and you have to run it as a business. You can be empathetic to those that have met their obligation for a number of years, because everybody has a hard time um, every once in a while, but that doesn't mean that you do it to the detriment of yourself or your family. And that starts by the whole attitude of this is a business, I simply work for the business, and if I don't want to make a decision or I think my mo- I'm, my family's going to be ha- unhappy with my decision, then I need to get back with that tenant and let them know with whether or not their request is acceptable or not. And that gives you time to make a good decision. Yes, Dave, stop feeling guilty about collecting money for the service you provide. That <laughs> landlords who landlords who basically seem to have the mental attitude of the mental attitude as opposed to, you know, one of those other attitudes that uh I'm better off than my tenants financially, therefore I somehow owe them something i i owe it to them to let them get a month behind in their rent because they're having a hard time or whatever I, if you want to do that it's fine but just be aware you're not running a business i notice that the grocery store wants money from me before i walk out with the food every single time i go in there no matter how broke i am and uh you know you're providing housing and uh you're if you're if you're if you're not the if you're not collecting the rent that means that you are your family is sacrificing on behalf of the tenant. Now, shouldn't it be the tenant's family that's sacrificing on behalf of the tenant? Isn't that what their friends and family are for? You're not their friends or family. 
and uh, you know, it, it might. I went to college. I'm I'm feeling my liberal guilt even as I say this, but at the same time, that's the way it is. You know, business business is business, and when businesses provide value, they expect to get paid for it. And I don't know why landlords seem to feel differently about that than other business people uh, seem to do. Okay, so Missy, let's let's uh, and 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 I should say again, we've skipped dozens of systems that are that are coming. I mean, there's there's bookkeeping systems, there's filing systems, there's you know systems for you know what happens if if somebody's if somebody uh, moves their friend in when it's supposed to be just them on the lease. But in the interest of actually being able to close the show on time, let's skip to the end to the um, post eviction because there's an eviction system too post-eviction, they owe me rent system. You do something that most people are not successful at doing, which is you actually collect money from tenants who have already moved. Isn't that amazing? But you know, and I think this is where the tenant screening and application is so important. We think that the information that we're collecting at that point is helping us make a decision about whether we're going to rent to them. I want to encourage you to think that the information that is there is also giving you information to help collect from that tenant if they fail. Because regardless of how well we screen, tenants do fail. And when they fail, they end up owing you money, and you need to collect that. And that's where the collection system really comes into play. Once we have a tenant that has left us, we go through a series of screenings, starting with their application, to collect information and find out if we can find where they're working. Because in the state of Ohio, we're allowed to garnish their wages if they are working to continue to collect our money. We certainly give people the opportunity to make payment arrangements with us. And if they'll meet their obligation, we won't garnish their wages. In Ohio, we're also able to sweep their checking account. If they have funds in their account and we have a judgment, then uh, we can take our judgment and sweep their checking account. Mm -hmm. And we did that to a tune of over $10,000 last month, which is just fun. That's like new money. (laughs) Yes, because the whole business of, uh, you know, vacancy will just kill you as a landlord uh, is... um is mitigated somewhat when you're actually collecting rent for those vacant months, although it may be afterwards. It may be, you know, sometimes I know months or even years. in some cases years <laughs> afterwards. But uh, yeah, you know, char- charging the guy who did the $2,000 for his damages and actually getting the money as opposed to just telling the court, crying to the court about how they did the damages uh, really adds a lot of profit to your rental business. A lot of landlords, particularly today, if they bought their properties in 03 through 06, are working on razor-thin margins as it is, and one $2,000 turnover because the tenant put holes in the walls can really turn a property over for a year. And uh, so why would you not attempt to collect that money? And Again, you know, the systems of getting the letters out, how, how are we going to set up the payment plans, uh, what do we do on day X if they haven't responded to our nice letter about how they can set up a payment plan, etc., will keep you much more organized and able to collect what is owed to you. We are out of time, but once again, Missy is teaching an all-day class for... Rhea of Greater Cincinnati on July the 30th. You can get more information about that 
at CincinnatiRIA.com or by calling 859-292-RIA. That's 859-292-7342. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate. Until then, happy investing. WMKV, Reading, Ohio. A dangerous designer drug sold in local convenience stores and gas stations could be outlawed 